We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Diving deep into the Red Sox, it's Red Sox Review. Here's Brian Barrett on WEEI. What do you think the contract is going to look like for Devers, and do you think it's going to be in Boston? Based on what we've seen in the last uh, three years, I I can't envision that at the moment because it doesn't feel like that the Red Sox necessarily are prepared to step out. It's almost like you can draw a line in the sand before Chris Sale's contract and after Chris Sale's contract. A few moments later. So I think the pressure will be on the Red Sox to pay Devers, and as we're sitting here today, I think they will. All right, that was Buster Only first a couple of weeks ago on the pregame show and then with Rob Bradford on Sunday that he thinks the Red Sox will get a deal done with Devers. And basically, it's really easy to connect the dots there. The ownership group got to Heimblum and said, you got to pay this guy. There's no way we can lose him because from a business perspective, that would kill the Red Sox. You can't be the same team that loses Mookie Betts, loses Xander Bogarts, and loses Rafael Devers. Now, I don't know what is going to happen with Bogarts I do wonder this, though, from the Bogarts' perspective on all this. I don't know what the market's going to be for him. So I tweeted this out. If you look at Bogarts, he's hitting 345 on ground balls this season, which is perceived to be lucky, of course. That's six in Major League Baseball. He has a 303 batting average, but his expected batting average is 253. So that 0.50 gap is the second widest in the entire sport. So we talk about Verdugo being unlucky. Bogarts has been really lucky from a hitting perspective. You look at his slugging percentage the last four seasons, 555 down to 502 in 2020, 2021, 493 this year, 444. His isolated power, which basically is just a measurement of how the percent of your hits that are extra base hits, 246 and 19, 202 in 2020, 198 and 21, and 141 in 2022. So the power numbers continue to go down. Home runs, 1933. 2011, but that was in 203 at-bats, remember the COVID year, 23 last year, and then this season he's at 9 at 412 at-bats. Remember, he had 11 in 203 in 2020. So in terms of the pace, he's not going to get there this year compared to where he was on that 2020 pace if you extended the season out. So the power numbers go down each and every year with Xander Bogarts. He's improved a ton defensively. This is his best defensive season in some time. But he's still not one of the best defensive shortstops in Major League Baseball. And I do really wonder if the hypothetical is Correa opts out of his contract, Dansby Swanson is a free agent, Trey Turner's a free agent. I don't really know what the market's going to look like for Xander Bogarts. And I'm not saying that that takes Heim Bloom off the hook for the offer that he made to Bogarts prior to the season because you knew he was never going to accept that. It just it made no sense to offer him that when you know he's not going to accept it. Just say we'll try to get something done in the offseason, if, even if you don't believe in the player. It just made no sense to make an offer like that when you're negotiating with the most powerful agent in the world, Scott Boris, in terms of from a baseball perspective, he's going to make you look bad, and he did. It just That was a dumbass move by Bloom to make that type of offer. But I really don't think there's going to be a robust market for Bogarts. Let's get to Mark. He's in Rhode Island. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. Um, 
guy, I should say, Brian. Um, look, I would hate to be Debbie Downer on all this. Sure. Um, you can, you can be that really guy. Go ahead. I don't feel qualified necessarily to start talking about the future and who's going to get offered what and all that. But as it stands right now, when you talk about what are the prospects for this season and how can things be salvaged, I think we have to guard against the idea of, oh, we're just going to get better as people come to grips with themselves. You know what I mean? You say, well, if this guy starts doing that, if this other guy starts doing the other thing, it's necessarily an add-on to what's already there. Because the assumption that's built in is that what's already there is going to stay what's there. You know, say J.D. comes around and is really swinging a hot bat. Is that really going to matter if Brazier goes back down the toilet? You know, you can't. The, the idea that just because, okay, we've got a new piece that's working again better, the assumption that yeah, the so other Mark, basi- that Mark, basically you're going to continue on, to be Mark, good. Yeah, Mark, basically you're saying essentially is that based on the up and down nature of a lot of guys on this team, that when one of these guys gets hot, inevitably the other one's going to go down. It's a fair point. This team's been pretty much inconsistent all season long. So I understand where you're at from that perspective. I just say, like, right now, Mark, that this team, the only reason they have a chance right now at hanging around is because Verdugo and Arroyo have been red hot, and you're expecting at some point the big guns getting it going. But from a bullpen perspective, if you haven't gotten these outings from Barnes, Salamore, and Brazier over the past, I would say, two to three weeks, this team would have already been porked. Now, it's still going to be a very difficult, difficult road to try to get into the postseason, but without these performances lately, this team would already be done. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I just want to sort of pump the brakes a little bit. And Mark, look, I mean, you're right in this sense, too, is it's a real uphill battle based on all the teams that are in front of you in the division, right? Not in the division, in the wild card race, I should say. It's an uphill battle. There's no doubt about that. And this team has played inconsistent baseball this year. So believing in them is to be consistent is something they haven't done for the majority of the year. So I do understand your point there, Mark, and I appreciate the call, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617 Seven seven nine seven ninety three seven. Let's get to Eric. He's in a car. What's up, Eric? Hey, Brian. I want to talk about uh, not extending Xander Bogarts. You know, there's two ways you judge a free agent or, or whatever an extension. Yep. By the eye test and by the nerds. He fails both of them. I don't remember the well, last well, time Eric. Xander what Bogarts was the second? I didn't hear the, the second one, Eric. I didn't hear the second one. What was that? You said the eye test and what? The nerds. The oh, nerds. the nerds. You know, the <laughs> okay, test. I got you. Yeah, you know, the, the high end bloom, you know, Bluminati, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> All right. He, I don't know the last, I don't know the last time he had a clutch hit. I don't know the last time he put one in the gap. I don't know the last time he hit one onto the park. He does not drive the ball anymore. He doesn't look like the same player. He's 29. I know he's not that old. You're looking at a $300 million, what did it see? You got 325, something like that. That's what you're going to look at. Right, because people respect Xander Bogarts throughout the league. He, no, he's not going to get three hundred. Eric, he's not going to get three hundred million dollars. How is he not going to get three hundred twenty? Who's going to give that? Who's going to give him three twenty? Xander Bogarts. Corey Seager got three twenty-five. Yeah, and that's a bad deal. I understand that, but you don't think that someone like the Cubs or the Mets or whoever else has money, the Angels. I'm not going to see Xander Bogarts as all. Oh, he's this cornerstone player. He's got two world championships. He plays a, a premium position. 
No, I don't. You know they're going to see that? No, I don't. Because I don't then think, I don't think there's, I, Eric, I don't think there's going to be any competition to pay him that type of money. So what do you think is the I would be surprised if right he, uh, quite frankly, Eric, I would be surprised if he got $200 million. You don't think he's going to get $200 million? So who's comparable to him then? What did Javi Baez get? The Javi Baez deal with the Tigers. Oof. Let me see what he got. He, he got one. He, he got six for one forty. He got six for one forty. So you're you're thinking he's lesser than Javi Baez or in the same? I said he wouldn't think? get two hundred million. I think he's a better player than Javi Baez. I mean, Baez is a significantly better defensive player, but I don't think he's going to get two hundred million dollars. I mean, based on the age and everything. And think about this, Eric. You have he's only Carlos. 29. He's only twenty nine. He's got, he's a shortstop. Well, it'd be thirty down the season, right? Yeah, he's going to be a thirty year old no, shortstop. Basically, what I'm saying is the Red Sox should not offer. I'm I'm honestly with you. I don't think that he is, but just the way you listen to Sports Talk Radio and the way that everyone is bashing on High and Bloom for not paying this guy, I wouldn't give him 200 million. You're 100 percent correct. He doesn't pass the eye test. Well, his my, expected batting average is his lowest his career. His expected yeah, slugging is lowest in his down. career. Yep. He never gets a clutch hit. Every time he comes up in the late innings, I don't know if it's it's, it's me, but I feel like he pops it up every single time. Well, Eric, this, this is guy my looks like he's he's, he's pressing. Yeah, he's Go got to. If he's going to get any, if he's going to get a big deal, period, he's got to show something at the end of the season because now this is four consecutive seasons that the power numbers have gone down significantly. So I, I don't have an issue with the Red Sox. Like I can get on board with not signing Bogarts long term. I can't get on board with not signing Devers. They've got to get that that deal done. I, but as it pertains to I the Bogarts thing, Devers, Eric, this is the thing that I, I would wanna, give Devers the back. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I pay him all the money that he freaking wants. I mean, that guy leaves, it's a disaster. He, I mean, what are you doing? What? Why are you owning a baseball team if you don't pay a guy like that? But anyway, just back to the Bogarts thing real quick, Eric. My issue with yeah. Bloom is not that he didn't extend Xander Bogarts. My issue with Bloom is he, from a PR perspective, he couldn't have handled this worse. Why would you make him a offer that you know he's not going to accept when Scott Boris is his agent? And when it seems like, because remember, he offered him more if he accepted that deal it would have paid him less annually than trevor story so you know that scott boris is going to leak that out he's the most powerful agent in the sport i just don't understand if you you're high in bloom you know bogarts isn't going to accept that what's the point of even making that offer just say oh we're gonna maybe we'll try at the end of the season like that's better off than get, putting out an offer like that that you know bogarts is going to take so my issue with bloom is just from a pr perspective he's been bad at his job i mean can we acknowledge that 100 percent, absolutely yeah all right. Hey, good stuff, Eric. I appreciate the call. It's a very interesting exercise to do. And that's why I, I tweeted this out the other day. I don't know what the market's going to be for Bogarts. I know Eric brought up 300. I can't see him getting 200. I don't believe he gets $200 million based on the age, based on the power numbers going down. And yes, he has improved defensively, but it's not elite. He's not an elite level defender. All right. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight. So if you do want to weigh in on this after... These outings from Barnes yesterday and over the weekend, from Brazier, from Salamora. Are you feeling better about this team going forward with the injury to Tanner Houck? Has this bullpen in some sense stabilized itself? And do you believe this team can make a run? 617-779-7937, the number right here on EEI. Crash and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now is brought to you by Nissan. You know what you deserve? You deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan, let me tell you, they get an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself. 
Shop your local Nissan store and NissanUSA.com today. All right, we've been talking about it all night. The Sox beat the Pirates 8-3. Rich Hill, five innings. He gave up two earned. That was a two-run blast from Brian Reynolds. Alex Verdugo, huge night for Verdugo. Three for three, two walks. He reached safely, of course, all five times. Christian Arroyo, three hits and three RBIs. He was outstanding again. You know what's going to be an interesting situation? What if Arroyo stays hot? What if Arroyo keeps hitting the ball the way he's hitting the ball? The story guy, at some point he's coming back, and it's going to be really difficult taking Arroyo out of the lineup. That's all I'm going to say. The Sox and the Pirates play the last of the three-game set Wednesday night, or I should say, rather, Thursday night in Pittsburgh. 7.05 first pitch across the Shaws and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. Shaws and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. Tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 6.05. That is sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. Nate Evaldi was scheduled to start in that one. He has been scratched with a trap issue, so Josh Winkowski is going to get the start. LeBron James signed a two-year $97.1 million extension with the Lakers. That extension makes James the highest-earning player in NBA history with $532 million in guaranteed money. Which, for that to be the NBA, the highest guy ever, that's crazy. Like, Trout's last contract is $400 million. The Patriots, by the way, they're going to play the Panthers Friday night in their second game of the preseason. Are they going to fight in that, Justin? That's my question. They've been fighting at all these joint practices. Are they going to get in a fight on Friday? I kind of hope so because I'm going to be there, and that would be a great thing to see. Oh, you're going to the game? I am. I am. Nice. Nice. All right. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let that rock. Let that rock. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight after a Sox win tonight over the Pirates, 8-3. to three. They have now won five of their last six. Better performances out of the bullpen as of late. Matt Barnes in particular, but Brazier was nasty tonight. Salamora was filthy tonight. So are you starting to believe that this team can actually make a run? You look at it right now, they are four games back of that third wild card spot. They're behind Toronto. Minnesota, Baltimore, and Chicago. The White Sox are actually starting to play good baseball as well. They had, now they did lose tonight, but they had been really struggling <laughs> with Tony La Russa, but they're starting to play better as of late. Minnesota's a team that you could see falling off. Baltimore, you got to take care of business this weekend. I mean, Baltimore's trying to lose. They traded away good players at the trading deadline. You should be able to handle Baltimore over the weekend. One game at Williamsport, by the way. Let's get to Dylan. He's in South Boston. What's going on, Dylan? Hey, what's up, man? So I'll preface it by saying this. I graduated from UMass Amherst a couple of years ago. I live about 30 minutes from the city now. I'm moving into the city in two weeks now. Nice. Um, I'll tell you this. I know about 500 people who love to go to Red Sox games. I love to go to Red Sox games myself. 
that place in Fenway, they're sold out all the time. I'm going, I'm looking. They're 500 right now. You got Eric Hosmer at first base. Before that, you got Francie Cordero. The Yankees go out. They sign Anthony Rizzo. They're about 25 games over 500. We're one of the only franchises in baseball that's actually willing to pack the stadium here. At one point, at what point do you not reward the fans? I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. I think they need to start spending more money, rewarding the fans. People care about baseball around here. It's absolutely ridiculous. By the way, All go right, to the Odessa concert in Mansfield. What's that? Go to the Odessa concert in Mansfield, September 4th. Best act you'll ever see. All right, I'll check it out, man. But uh, what was that again? What was the band called? The what? What did you say it was? What show? Oh, Odessa. Odessa. They're an uh, electronic act. They're pretty good. Okay. I'm a big fan. And where are they playing? Xfinity Center in Mansfield. Oh, Xfinity Center. Okay. All right, we'll check it out. Uh, the other thing, uh, just real quick in terms of the spending thing, what what were you referencing specifically? Are you referencing, like, getting Devers signed long-term? What are you referencing? Well, I mean, uh, it, so you start off, you don't sign Mookie. Right. I mean, it, it starts there. I mean, I, who knows? I could see them not signing Devers. If you don't sign, re-sign Bogarts, I think Hein Bloom's main plan is to rebuild with the farm system and prove that he's some sort of genius, but... When you have the resources that the Red Sox have, you've got to go out and spend. You look at what the Dodgers and the Yankees are doing. They're doing it. They're being awfully successful doing it. And when we have the resources to do it and you've got the butts and the seats that you got at Fenway, I think you do everything in your power to build up the farm system. If you can do that and you have a genius like Heim Bloom yeah. or so-called genius, and then you got the resources to pick up big names in the market. Yeah, so, well, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no yeah, excuse that this team Right yeah, I understand your frustration. Uh, have a good move and enjoy the show, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. So a couple of things. The Red Sox are over the CBT. They're over the tax this year. They're six in baseball, which I think sort of is the aggravation from ownership right now is why are we paying for a team that right now is seventh in the American League in terms of the wild card standings? Like that's going to be awfully aggravating. In terms of the spending this year, this is what I would say is – they needed to get an outfielder prior to the year. Now, Tommy Pham has given this team a huge boost, but that's a move that should have been made prior to the season. And people with the Red Sox wanted him. They wanted Tommy Pham. This is a guy that they identified. But Pham said to the Globe that the Red Sox were too late, that Heim didn't move nearly quick enough in the offseason to get him done. So he ends up signing with the Cincinnati Reds. The problem is if you give away a guy like Renfro and you want to buy prospects, which I've said on multiple occasions, I'm fine with that move in a vacuum. If you didn't want to sign Renfro long-term and you want to buy two prospects, essentially it's David Hamilton and it's Alex Pinellas, that's fine. I'm fine with that idea and that thought. It's actually a big market move to pay more money for Jackie Bradley Jr. to get the prospects and sign out Renfro, but there was never a corresponding move. That's my issue there. In terms of spending more money this offseason, I wish they had done that just because after you go over the CBT, you might as well do it. Now, the guy that I always point to is Carlos Rodon. I would have signed him in the offseason. This isn't me second-guessing. It's just from an upside perspective, he has more upside than anybody the Red Sox signed in the starting rotation. Walker's had a good year, but Rodon's at a different level as a pitcher. The guy's an absolute horse, and I understand he's had injuries, but this guy's one of the best pitchers in baseball when he's healthy. I would have done a move like that. So in terms of the spending, this team still spends. I would just say that they did not spend their money wisely in the offseason this year. 
617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Zach. He's in Quincy. Zach, what's up, man? What's up, dude? How we doing? Good, my friend. Yourself? Not too bad. Can't wait for the podcast, my guy. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Coming soon. Coming very yeah, soon. Hey. Yeah, I can't wait. Hey, I just want to be like, I don't want to be that guy, I know, but am I the only person that sits here and doesn't feel any different about this team? Like, it's the Pirates. Like, can we can we relax for like five seconds, please? Yeah, I understand that, Zach, but I mean, imagine if it was the opposite, right? Like, if we had another issue like we saw against the Royals and they had dropped the first two yep. against the Pirates, so... And I would say this, Zach, the reason that I feel more optimistic, and look, I acknowledge this is a very uphill climb, right? If the Red Sox are going to make any sort of yeah. run, you got to get over a bunch of teams. So I understand this is an outside shot for the Red Sox, but I am encouraged what we've seen from Verdugo, Arroyo. These guys are hitting the crap out of the ball. And some of these bullpen arms, Zach, that quite frankly, I had written off Barnes. I didn't think Barnes was going to be good again the rest of his career. And he's actually shown you something. Oh, yeah. Brazier's been good this month, and so is Sal Amora. So it feels like when I saw the Tribe were starting to struggle and we got the news about Hulk, I was awfully worried, like, how is this team going to even try to play relevant baseball down the stretch? But I do feel like at least they're in position, Zach, to be, and I know this isn't anything great for the Boston Red Sox, but if you asked me yeah. about this team three weeks ago, I would have told you they're not going to be interested, interesting rather down the stretch of the season. I think they at least have that ability now. Not that that's some great achievement, but I do think they at least have, <laughs> you know, they have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get that. I mean, maybe I'm just a pessimistic guy that like glass is half empty, you know, but it's, it's just like, I don't know. This team has gotten my hopes up before they beat that. They, they take two out of three from the Astros. Then they go lose three out of four to the Royals, get right. swept by the Braves with a really bad collapse. And I'm just like, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, all right, well, the Yankees can't beat anybody, so you take two or three from them, that always feels good. And now you're beating up on the Pirates like you should be. It's just like J.D. is broken. Xander isn't Xander. You still have the worst ninth-inning ERA in the league. Like, And Hauk is now gone. Do we really trust Sawamura after what we've seen? I mean, Brazier hasn't really been lights out since the World Series run in 2018. And, I mean, I love the fact that Barnes looks good. I mean, I love that guy. I've been rooting him forever. It's it's a great thing to see. I just – I don't know. I, I just feel like I don't see enough. No, it's fair, Zach. It's fair to Delta's team because the other reason would be they haven't been consistent all year long, right? I mean, they came out of the gates. They yeah. sucked. They had the outstanding June followed by – an absolutely atrocious July. The beginning of August was bad, so I can totally understand why you come at it from that perspective. I just feel like if they are going to make a run, they're getting pretty close to the healthiest they've been all season long, And although we did find out tonight that Evaldi scratched. So that's another issue going <laughs> yeah, that, forward is now tough. he's dealing with the trap issue. But, I mean, the logical thing would say, Zach, is basically bet on what they've done all season long and that they're not going to make the postseason. I just hope that we have a baseball season down the stretch. That's why I'm feeling at least a little bit optimistic tonight is we're starting to see some stuff. And how about this, Zach? It only took High and Bloom until the trading deadline to realize, hey, let me get another outfielder and let me get a major league first baseman for the first time in a year and a half. Like, I mean, it's crazy don't. what happens when you have those positions, isn't it? Oh, I know. Dude, don't even get me started like, like, like how we did a few weeks ago before, like during the trade deadline, man. Like, I've been arguing with people. I'm like, man, it only took them how long? to get a guy at first base like this stuff could have been done in the off season and we wouldn't be where we are right now right oh, I, I, I can't get started with that well and zach think about this too if it isn't for one of the great players in the sport juan soto 
passing on, what was it, $445 million from the Nationals, essentially demanding a, a trade. If it isn't for that guy becoming available, Hosmer's not available. You don't get Hosmer. Yep. The reason you got Hosmer is because basically they're paying for him to come over so they can just so they can save money on their tax bill. They're giving the Red Sox the money <laughs> to take him away. So it took that for Bloom to actually get a major league first baseman. It's wild. Oh, God. I know. It's, it's, it's unbelievable to think about. I really, I really can't believe that he waited this season with Bobby Dahlbeck and Travis Shaw as his <laughs> plan A for first base. Oh, my like, God. Yeah. Travis oh. Shaw after last Zach, appreciate the call, my friend. Travis Shaw after last year. I mean, it looked like that guy was swinging a bat underwater. I cannot believe they came into the season with Shaw. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Art. He is in Connecticut tonight. Art, what's up, man? Hey, Brian. Hey. Uh, you got you got Debbie Downers, and you got the guys that I think a couple of guys said they had the Red Sox got a good shot of going to the World Series. I'm I'm I think I'm like you, Brian. I'm I'm let's you know let, let's tap them, right? Two great wins against Pittsburgh, great win against Baltimore, two out of three against the Yankees. I need to see what they're going to do against Baltimore. I mean, I, I, I that, that's a big like you said. Baltimore, I think you can go and get Baltimore. What do you, what do you think? Are you thinking two out of three? You want all three? I want all three, but you got to at least take two out of three. Art, right? you got to finish this one off tomorrow. You got to at least take two out of three for me to believe in the team. Like I can sit here and say that I'm optimistic about some of the things we've seen with the Braziers, the Barneses, the Salamores, Verdugo, Arroyo. That's all well and good, but you got to continue to build off this over the next couple of weeks or so because now this becomes massive. The Orioles, the Blue Jays, the Rays, these become huge Rays. series for this team coming up. And the one thing I'm waiting on is Xander. I'm not waiting on J.D. anymore. I just don't think it's ever going to happen this year. I think J.D. looks pretty much cooked. But Xander's got to give you something here over the next couple of weeks here. He's got to do something because he has been a non-factor. In fact, the only game, Art, that the Red Sox lost over this six-game stretch is because Bogarts got thrown out of the damn bases when Chapman was on the ropes. Guy couldn't find the damn plate. Bogarts is getting thrown out of the bases. That crap can't happen. Uh, remind me, Todd. Remind me about June uh, when they had that when they had the huge um, that great record in June. What was Bogey and JD doing in June? Remind me what, what were they doing in June? Well, in terms of JD, he wasn't hitting at all. That's when his funk really started. Was at the beginning of June. He was really good in April and May. Hit like three sixty five. Ever since then, he's hitting close to two hundred. Xander Bogarts in the month of June was pretty effective. I mean, actually, he had a really good June. 337, 417, 461 slug, 878 OPS. So it wasn't a ton of power, but he had a 417 on base percentage. So he was hitting in the month of June. He started to fall off really in July, and in August he's really fallen off to the point where he's hitting 208 this month. And the last thing, I, I like your take on Christian Arroyo. If he keeps hitting like this, what are you going to do when Story gets back? Yeah. And I didn't hear, maybe you could tell me one more time, and what, what the heck is wrong with Nathan Evaldi? What, what, what happened there? Not, they just take my call, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it, Art. They say it's a trap. So now he's dealing with the trap issue, which, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that Nate's dealing with something again because we all know that the velocity still hasn't been there. So maybe he's overcompensating for something else, and that's how he hurt the trap. Because remember, he's essentially had to switch up his pitch arsenal because the velocity on the fastball has been down. So he's throwing way more splitters. Last time out, it was more sliders and cutters, but the previous couple of outings, it was more splitters. So I just don't know what it's going to be. 
going forward with Avaldi. I don't know what you can expect from the guy. I hope it's not anything serious or anything along those lines. I, I hope he doesn't have to miss two consecutive outings or something like that. But you were wondering in this game, because remember, the Red Sox had basically put it out there that today was going to be Rich Hill starting and Winkowski piggybacking him. And then, of course, Winkowski never came into the game. They went essentially to Brazier, and then they went to Salamora. And then, of course, Familia, who I never want to see that guy ever pitch again. That dude absolutely sucks. But right then and there, you knew that there was something going on with after the game, we find out that's why Winkowski doesn't come in. It's not because Core is going to his relievers that he trusts. The reason that he went to him is because they need Winkowski to start tomorrow and hopefully he can give you five innings. And it's unfortunately right now that Evaldi's dealing with something else. Because Evaldi, remember last year he was healthy. He led the entire American League in Fangraph's war. 5.6 wins above replacement. The best of any American League starting pitcher. He was tremendous for this team last year. And this season it's just been stop and start due to the injury situation. And the velocity's been down really ever since he came back from the injured list before he went on the injured list. So I just don't know what to expect from Nate. The one thing I will give Nate credit for is some of the outlying numbers. He's given up a ton of loud contact. He's given up a ton of home runs. The one thing I do respect with Evaldi is the guy goes out there and battles. Like last game, there was no way he should have only given up two runs. 58% of the batted balls he gave up were hard hit. Off the bat, 95 miles an hour. But he found a way to get out of jams. I give that guy a ton of credit for being able to pitch without having his good stuff. That's going to be an awfully difficult thing to do when you historically have been sitting at 96.8 miles an hour at the beginning of the season. And for your career, you know you can dial it up to 99 to 100. When you don't have that and you're able to go out there and give your team good outings, I give Nate a lot of credit for that because that's something that not a lot of guys can do. I do give him credit for that. But it's obviously going to be an issue if of all these, this version of himself, the remainder of the season. And we'll see. Now he's dealing with an injury. It's like you just get Waka back and now of all these scratch from a start. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight. Surprised you haven't heard from David tonight. They won, that's why. David doesn't have anything to complain about tonight. Coming up next, I do want to get to Arroyo and Verdugo because these are really nice developments for this team. We'll get to that next here in EEI. W-E-E-I. 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 New England Sports Original. We're back to Red Sox Review on WEEI. All right, welcome back in. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight, 617-779-7937 is the number if you want to join us. What did you make of another win for the Red Sox? Are you starting to buy in to some of these guys in the bullpen? That's on the table at 617-779-7937. The two guys that have really stepped up for this team from an offensive perspective have been Alex Verdugo and Christian Arroyo. Now, Tommy Pham as well, coming over from the Reds in the trade. He's been big for this team as well, but Verdugo's been outstanding. If you look at it since the start of August, he's now 18 for 50, so he's hitting 360 during that stretch. And there's a reason that Verdugo's numbers are better in the month of August than they were previously. There's a process thing here because Verdugo's actually hitting the ball in the air more. He has a launch angle of 15.7 degrees. So he's hitting a lot of line drives. His ground ball rate is down to 30.6% in the month of August. So what does that mean from a results perspective? It means a 532 slugging percentage and a 939 OPS. Those are really, really good numbers. Okay, prior to August, 
Verdugo, 48.2% ground ball rate in a 7.6% launch angle. So the problem with Verdugo, because we've gone through this a couple of times here on the postgame show, Verdugo's numbers have been really unlucky if you look at his expected batting average compared to his actual batting average. But what we're finding out is part of the reason that that happens is so many of those rockets that he was hitting because he was making a lot of loud contact. A lot of that was on the ground. And when you look at it just from Verdugo's perspective, he's got to hit the ball in the air more and he's finally doing it in the month of August and he's getting the results. He's not getting unlucky because most of the contact he's making is not in the air or excuse me, it is in the air. It's not on the ground like it was for the majority of the season. So that's a major development from Alex Verdugo's perspective. The other thing is Christian Arroyo, or the other player, I should say, that is worth mentioning is Arroyo. Because Arroyo's obviously been really good for this team since he came back from the injured list. And he was a huge boost that this team desperately needed. Because, I mean, you think about it from a couple of different angles here. The first one is you were without Trevor Story. So you were without a second baseman. You're playing Yolmer Sanchez at times. You had to bring up a guy like Jeter Downs, which is obviously a huge issue for this team. And the guy that really was supposed to be the replacement for Trevor Story was Arroyo. And unfortunately for Arroyo, he's dealt with so many different issues throughout his short tenure here as a member of the Red Sox. Because of all that, you just didn't know, you didn't have your reliable guy that would be a backup, so to speak. Uh, What is this you just sent me, Justin? That is just a stat I found very crazy, that... An 18-year-old Red Sox fan has been alive for four World Series wins, and a 29-year-old Pirates fan has only been alive for four seasons over 500. (laughs) Yeah, and they were all like, I feel like they were all recently, like not too recently, but they played in the first wild card game I remember against when they expanded it. They played against Madison Bumgarner and the Giants. They were actually the better team. They had a good team for like three years. And they were in the playoffs, I want to say, three consecutive seasons. I may be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it was three consecutive seasons. That is crazy, though. So the Red Sox, 18-year-old Red Sox fan has seen four World Series championships. The Pirates fans have seen four years of being over 500. Not to mention, they didn't take Marcelo Mayer. Like, that could very well cost Ben Sherrington this job. Bad job out of them by actually making that deal. But anyways, <laughs> I mean, that's got to be brutal, being a Pirates fan. That is flat-out embarrassing. Four years over 500. You just know coming into the season. Now, look, at least they get the Steelers who are competitive each and every year. And they have the Penguins who have won in the Crosby era, three Stanley Cubs. They won two in the Lemieux era. So, I mean, at least you get a good hockey team. You get a good NFL team. But basically every season, you're just looking at it from the perspective of we know our baseball team's not going to be good. And how many times? This is a hodgepodge of nothingness. (laughs) That was the Eckline from last night. That was a classic. Yeah, you don't know any of those guys. Like, okay, or O'Neal Cruz because he's like this up-and-coming star. But other than him, who do you really know on that team? You ex- talk about a no-name lineup. I, I, there's no team like this. He's right. I mean, maybe the Royals, but at least they have Witt, who's one of the best prospects in the game, Bobby Witt Jr. But really, I mean, he's completely right on that. It's an absolute joke. What that team puts together on it, because at some point, like you got to break through. Like the Royals have been that type of franchise as well, but they actually won a World Series with that Hosmer group, with Mustakis, that group, Lorenzo Kane. They at least got there and they at least won something. You cannot say the same thing about the Pittsburgh Pirates whatsoever. It's just been a complete and utter disaster for that organization. But I, oh, I did want to mention the Arroyo thing real quick. 
I do find this interesting. If you look at Christian Arroyo this season and you compare him to Trevor Story, so and look, he's had late uh, less plate appearances because of the injuries that he wasn't playing every day. Arroyo on the season is hitting 271. Story's hitting 221. Arroyo has a 321 on base percentage. Story has a 289 on base percentage. Arroyo has a 418 slug. Story a little bit better, 423. Arroyo has the 738 OPS compared to Story at 713. Then you look at defensive runs saved. We look at Trevor Story and we think of him as one of the best defensive second basemen in Major League Baseball since he made the move over to that position this year, coming over as a shortstop, of course, from the Rockies. But if you look at defensive runs saved, since the start of the 2021 season, Christian Arroyo has played 532 and a third innings at second base. He has nine defensive runs saved during that stretch. Trevor Story has played 705 and two-thirds innings at second base this season. Remember, Arroyo had 532 and a third, nine defensive runs saved. Trevor Story, 705 and two-thirds, has eight defensive runs saves. So if you look at some of the advanced metrics from a defensive perspective, Arroyo's actually been a better defensive second baseman than Trevor Story has. And the numbers from an offensive perspective, of course, if you look at it there, they favor Christian Arroyo. So I just wonder this, and Arroyo's obviously playing the best baseball that he's had all season long. Right now, he is hitting 389 since he came off the injured list, of course, on the 30th of July. He has, during that stretch, like they're not cheap hits, 51 batted balls. 28 of those batted balls have been hard hit. That's a 55% hard hit rate. So he is hitting rockets all over the place. He's hitting for a good average. He plays a really good second base. And I just wonder this. And I know the Red Sox wanted to use him as a utility guy and all that. But I do wonder all these injuries. He's had a ton of freak injuries throughout his career. I just wonder, what if they just played him at one position the entire time? Like if Trevor Story was never here. And remember, the idea was previous to this, prior to the Story signing. He was going to be the everyday second baseman. Last year, Arroyo got injured playing first. This year, he was playing all over the place, including the outfield. If they just kept Christian Arroyo at one position and had him play second base every day, would he have all these injuries? And what would he be as a player? All right, thanks to Justin Turpin for producing. We will be back with you tomorrow night after the Red Sox and the Pirates. And that will be the end of that series. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England Sports Original. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.